Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have back with me Julie Myers Wood. She was on a prior podcast, and I certainly remember at the end where I said, as we go further into COVID-19 and coronavirus, I might call upon you again. (laughs) I've called upon you again because we're in a very different place. And as you know, Julie, this podcast is a B2B podcast. Have the concerns and questions really from your client and customer base changed for Guideposts and for you and your team? They absolutely have. Clients have moved from the immediate urgent needs of how do we manage this new crisis and this new virus? How do we keep our people safe? How do we keep our business open? To longer term, how do we successful open up our business as a vaccine emerges or while there are still risks? And how do we operate well into 2021 and beyond in a new kind of way? So I think it's thinking about longer term What are the right kinds of security protocols, of customer relations, and other things we do to keep people safe and keep business open? There certainly are many services and service companies who are talking about these types of issues, but Guidepost has brought a suite of technological solutions made available for your client and customer base. I was wondering if you could talk about some of the uh, technological solutions that your company offers, which help companies safely bring employees back to work. Absolutely. We are a company full of technology experts and engineers, but what makes us different is that we're not hawking a particular product. And so we're able to look and see, based on your business, your need, and frankly, your existing security platforms, what makes sense. A lot of our customers now are looking for frictionless technology, touchless technology. And so we're looking at, for example, their existing visitor management system and seeing how can we make it a touchless experience instead of coming in and handling an iPad or dealing with a receptionist? Are there things you can do on your phone or things you can scan at doors and entries? And those are the kinds of things that we're helping clients think through. I will say that client demands on this are changing. The beginning of the crisis, you know, it appeared that uh, certain things such as temperature monitoring might be more effective than it appears now. And so clients are starting to shift as to what their focus is to make sure that they can open up and make customers feel safe. I was really intrigued as you sort of went through that list, particularly around touchless experience of coming into an office, that these could also be seen as a business efficiency issues. And that one of my observations in doing this podcast has been that things that were sort of percolating along in maybe 2018 or 2019 have just grown exponentially now. And we may be able to usher in a new age of improved efficiency, either because we had to or in response to this crisis. That's exactly right. I think that many times we get used to doing something kind of a particular way, but COVID has forced all of us to think anew. How can we do investigations remotely? How could we do security more remotely? And how can we reduce human touch, which might be in normal times thought of positive, but now we all think human germs, human problems, potential spread of a very deadly disease. Let me turn to the working from home issue because that has brought up uh, multiple issues, but there's a couple that I heard you touch on. Number one was obviously the cybersecurity issue of working from home and uh, hardening up all of those connections. But also there's the, you mentioned the physical touch 
or I would say the human interaction that we might have at the office that we don't have at home. So how do you counsel clients around what appears to be divergent interests around the working from home? Or is it simply just two skill sets that you need to train on? I think it is two skill sets that you need to train on. And you also need to see what folks at your company are comfortable with. What types of interactions do they like virtually? I think there's been a lot of talk about Zoom fatigue, certainly at the beginning. There were a lot of Zoom happy hours and Zoom Zoom play dates, and then everyone was tired of that. They were kind of moving on to the next phase. I think it's the same thing in security. You think about what's going to be effective. Where do we have our guard down when we're working at home? What are the ways that the hackers or the bad guys or others will try to get us to click on something that we shouldn't? And how can we target new campaigns that will be effective for those working at home to avoid problems? You mentioned risk assessments, and I know you guys really specialize in investigation. So I wanted to see if I could maybe have a a bit of a conversation around how are you guideposts doing investigations, but other projects that typically were done on site, such as a risk assessment, or how are you helping clients kind of work through those issues? It is very challenging. I won't deny that. We were supposed to start working with a bank in Italy in March. And given all the European privacy issues and the pandemic, we couldn't go over to Italy. And yet they could send all the data over to us. And so we had to find a substitute team that could work on the ground in Italy. They were actually from the UK. They almost got stuck in Italy because the UK rules changed. And so you have to think anew about what kind of testing will do the job, what kind of interviews can you do via Zoom, and how can you get the same level of assurance if possible. Now, that was a friendly job working with that bank. When you're in an investigation, when someone at a particular company is being looked at for sexual harassment or other sorts of problems, it can be very difficult when it's done virtually, which it has to be in many cases. The most important thing I would recommend is to prepare ahead of time and think of all the potential obstacles that a hostile witness might throw at you (laughs) and how can you be prepared to meet those. And by way of example, I would think of translators. We recently had an instance where we needed to interview someone on a sexual harassment issue and we were about an hour through the interview when the individual claimed he couldn't understand, he didn't speak English well enough to continue the interview. We had a translator available, so we were able to continue the interview. But this individual was not only born in the United States, he went to a school in California. So his English was quite good to get into the UC schools, but he didn't want to talk to us. And so that is what he said, and that's what we had to deal with. And if we didn't have a translator available, he definitely could have used that to put off the interview or stop talking. Let me ask a question that would either touch on your leadership style or perhaps even the culture at Guidepost. When faced with some of these new challenges, how do you and your team think through this? Do you get together with your team and and hash it out? Do you bring in subject matter experts in various fields within Guidepost? and really develop a planner? How does Julie's leadership style work in really a a completely new situation? Well, for COVID, what I did is I multiplied by regular leadership meetings. And we started at the beginning of COVID meeting every single morning, the whole leadership team to talk about changes in uh, lockdown orders or other rules and to talk about how remote working was continuing on. We've since reduced those to twice a week, but it's a constant touch point 
for all the leadership team to share what's going on and to also talk about other issues that come up. We've also expanded our company-wide all-hands call into a video call where we're doing other presentations and trying to connect with individuals kind of during that time. We brought in outside experts, of course, as well, to provide input onto various policies and things we should be doing and changing. The other thing that I think that we've done at Guidepost has really been a focus for us and I think has brought us more together as a company during this crisis is we've really been focusing, as many are, on diversity and inclusion. And you know, I know we were all taken aback by the events surrounding George Floyd, you know, the the racism, the horrible police brutality, which troubles so much of us who are former law enforcement. And we wanted to work as a company on diversity and inclusion initiatives. And I think that's really brought together people at various levels of our company in a new way, in a great way. And we've been able to do that even virtually. Could you maybe uh, talk about one or two of those and the challenges you had uh, in the midst of the coronavirus health crisis bringing a, a DNI initiative forward? Well, I think one of the challenges is at a service firm like ours, people are focused on billing time and doing productive work. And this takes away from that, right? So I think that's a, a first challenge that we always have. I think a second challenge is making sure you have the right levels of participation and that diverse employees from all parts of the company kind of want to get involved. And so, you know, we wanted to form a small enough committee that could do things, but not exclude people for one reason or another. So that's really tough, getting the right, right amount of people to do things there. One of the other things that we're doing is we are actually working with the All Stars Project in New York to look at kind of various trainings or other things and have our firm kind of serve as a model for how we can really reinvent ourselves. For law enforcement, former law enforcement security, it's often not a very diverse field. We want to make sure that people from all backgrounds feel included, you know, want to come to Guideposts, want to stay at Guideposts, and that we're able to recruit uh, folks from all different backgrounds and ways of life. I always love when I can uh, interview a female senior executive, female CEO, because I get to always ask this question. <laughs> we have idiots out there who always say something along the lines of, well, the diverse talent pool is just doesn't exist for our industry. And maybe can you explain why that's not true? You weren't looking. It <laughs> didn't, didn't exist because you weren't looking. This reminds me, I remember when I was interviewing with the Senate, when I was being considered to be the head of immigration and customs enforcement. And I, one of the senators asked me if my husband approved of me taking the job. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I reported that I wasn't a good cook anyways, a good baker. So my husband was fully on board with me, you know, taking the job. But, you know, those are the kind of challenges that people have to go through. At Guidepost, we want to make sure that we remove any challenges, any barriers. I think one challenge that firms like ours have, frankly, is that we often hire people that we know. People that we know often look like us, have the same backgrounds as us. That might not be the best, you know, fit, that might be the best employee. So we want to make sure that we're advertising more broadly and that we're getting the word out there that we're looking for the greatest skill sets from all backgrounds. So let me turn to uh, something that struck me in, in researching for this podcast, which was Guidepost advocated a cybersecurity vulnerability assessment for vacant facilities. I had not seen really that. So I wanted to maybe explore that, why you and Guideposts think that's so important. Well, I think if your building has been vacant and no one has been there, 
there's certainly potential for someone to come in and to mess with the system or do something not only physical security, but also on cybersecurity. And so I think it's just part of regular physical security maintenance and cybersecurity maintenance to do that sweep to make sure that there are no new problems. One additional thing that we're definitely seeing for customers that are going back to opening their offices back up is their neighborhood may have changed. The crime rate may have changed. There may be all sorts of new problems in their neighborhood that didn't exist before because now several other businesses shut down or businesses remain boarded up or other things. And so we definitely want to make sure that folks are thinking if you're opening up again, is everything ready to go? Of course, the extent of the cyber assessment depends on how your system's set up, if you have standalone servers or if you're in the cloud or other things. But from our point of view, it's a best practice along with a physical security assessment before you open your offices back up. Julie, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information on Guidepost Solutions, where could they go? Well, they can email me directly. They can go to at jwood at guidepostsolutions.com or go to our website, www.guidepostsolutions.com. I know it's a mouthful. <laughs> and we're actually getting ready to launch our new website later in December. So hopefully by the time this podcast is live, we'll have our new, new and improved website to tell you all about what, what we can do to help you with your needs. Well, Julie, I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with me. Thank you so much for coming back. And I'll probably need to call upon you in 2021 to see where we are then. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review. 